When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Wrestling for the Culture, where we take a look inside to see what the wrestlers of color have been doing this week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Wrestling for the Culture, another special edition. This is the second roundtable discussion as we discuss dedicated to hard work, the docuseries, uh, story on Blizz and the the ceo of blizz photography i almost called him by his full government name but i don't have enough time to do so so i'll just call him blake t and allow him to introduce everybody on the panel today first and foremost thank you for not calling me by my full government second of all is that intercontinental championship behind you green answer at the end uh third of all today in this panel we have the returning Yolanda, the designer. We have Christina Rivera. And we have up and coming E.W. Jenkins, known as Eddie. And thank you all for being here. In the same order, go ahead and say some nice blessings about yourself. I'm wonderful. Wow. I'm, I'm a fantastic person. <laughs> <laughs> Elite, elite I, what I hope would happen is that when I opened my mouth, that Eddie's voice uh, came out. That, that is... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. <laughs> I don't even want that. <laughs> um, I designed pro wrestling gear for a lot of people um, from WWE to AEW, uh, maybe Impact Wrestling, who knows at this point. Um, and independent wrestling in general. So that's what a lot of people may know me for. Um, and t-shirts back in the day. And fashion design. And a lot of cool things. So that's why I am Yolanda, the designer. I like that. (laughs) 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 Um. I'm Chrissy. Uh, Christina is actually my real name, but uh, most of the people on the independent circuit call me Chrissy. Uh, I've worked with Blake, Yolanda, and Brian uh, for many years. We worked CZW, WSU, I had time in RCW, MCW, uh, basically the whole Northeast Indie circuit from 2005 up until recently. I was on the show, uh, not so much anymore. So I would say that I am a retired professional wrestler, uh, and I don't have such a long list of accomplishments like Yolanda. So <laughs> that's about it for me. <laughs> uh, I'm a student at MCW's uh, uh, training center currently. Uh, Blake is uh, my mentor. My wrestling name is the enemy. I'm very political in nature, uh, hating on the the orange man. So that's pretty much where I'm going currently, just being being uh, being angry uh, and in quarantine. <laughs> that is the greatest intro I've ever heard. That was a really good one. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So episode, what are we on? Episode three, the photographer. Let me play this clip. Um, it's one of my favorite parts of this, and we'll discuss it in its entire. Well, we'll just have a discussion about it. But let me go ahead and play this part. Ones would have to be behind the scenes, like at WSU, because that's where nowadays I see Blake the most, Blitz. And whenever we're doing photography, he's always standing there going, oh, you killed it. Oh, you killed it. And that always boosts up my confidence. It's not really like a funny story or anything, but more along the lines of just on my journey, it's been an empowering thing where, you know, you have somebody that respects you as well as encourages you to be your best. So. And one of the things while we were working together. All right. So as we jump in, Blake, you killed it. You killed it. <laughs> the photographer is, you know, I think one of the, um, I don't want to call it the most important episode, but I'm going to say the most well-known because to me, I know from, you know, to me, that's where you like really to take a pun from one of my shows broke through the glass ceiling in wrestling. Like you started off in the business as a rapper and entertainer and artist, most importantly, but you took your artistic abilities into the photography and that's where you would go and pretty much dominate this landscape. When you sit back and watch that, what did, what was something that stood out among some of the things that people said? Um, I think for me, one of the biggest things that stood out is um, it wasn't necessarily words. It was more so uh, facial expressions of happiness, right? Um, because a lot of these things that, that we're seeing, these clips, they took place in different eras of our life, whether it was two years ago, three years ago, a year ago, five months ago. Um so like even with that clip that we just played with Sue, uh, seeing a genuine smile, knowing that even in the vicinity that we were in, as soon as you may have walked in that building, you might just be like taking a deep breath, not being in the best mood. But knowing the things that made you happy besides wrestling was the photography part and um, spending time with the people that you care about and, and your coworkers and all of that. Um, seeing things like that to me is what was more empowering for me for that episode because it lets me know even in a time where sometimes um, you may not get as many photography jobs anymore or you know there may be a more wide range of photographers or anything um, it's a time to let you know that in your time of doing things you definitely made an impact on somebody's life Chrissy, you were there. You saw the transition. Um, when did you realize that he had it when it came to photography? Uh, I would say right away. Right away. If you, you know, it's talked about a lot in that episode. A lot of the women are talking about how comfortable they were with Blake uh, from their first meeting. Um, it was just instant, like instant connection, instant, uh, chemistry. It wasn't anything uncomfortable where you're like, well, you know, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about, you know, working with him. It was always like, okay, this is what we're doing. 
this is, you know, this is, we're doing A, B, C, and D. How do you feel about this? Okay, cool. Let's go. Let's do it. So I knew from the very beginning he had a, a talent for, for photography. And I know as time goes on, we'll talk about the teaching and all the other aspects. But it, photography just like, it seems like it always just clicked with him. Um, and I always noticed that it was the passion that he had for photography and making people look good and making his work look good. He put so much effort into it. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to take these pictures and it's whatever. It was about so many things that I don't realize and a lot of people don't realize of how lighting can change how a person's face is portrayed in a photo or just the way they're standing or if they lift their chin a little bit, things like like little things like that that he just knew that other people don't know. So I just feel like I knew right away that he he was the best. Yolanda, anything you want to chime in? <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My instinct was to say something rude. Um, <laughs> but I have notes to keep me on track. Um, <laughs> so the one thing I in in when I started working with uh, Blake uh, in in WSU, um, the one thing I I did enjoy. The one thing I do enjoy working with him or, or I know about him in general is that you got some photographers who just point and shoot, <laughs> point, shoot, especially if it's the female uh, wrestlers and like their pose might be I, but they face look crazy as hell. Um, I love that we can, can help them adjust comfortably, you know, because you can easily say, <laughs> Your pose is great, but your face looks trash. So never nothing to, to you know to that extent. But it's um, helping them understand how to pose themselves, not just for a good photo, but something that makes sense that relates to uh, their character. So that was something uh, very cool that um, I know Black G's in here um, mentioned um, uh, something regarding that. But that's something that I enjoy. Uh, uh, about Blake as the photographer. All right, so um, he's listed on here as the enemy, <laughs> the student of the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the enemy of the people. That's what uh, that's what uh, Trump called the the journalists of the world. And that's that's actually what I do in my my non wrestling life. <laughs> so I, wanna ask, I love this. I want to ask you um, because you weren't around for a lot of this. When, but you obviously heard the stories. What was the one thing that stuck out? Obviously, you learned a lot watching this episode, but what was the one thing that stuck out to you? And what do you think will stick out to the new viewer who knows nothing about Blake? Um, it's it's kind of like Yolanda said, uh, it's it's the thoughtfulness. And also the compassion of Liz. Like uh, he he thinks about everything. It's not just the point and click. Um, he he's thinking about everything that makes up the photo. The everything that that goes into it. It's it's not just one thing, right? And and that goes not just from photo taking, but to promos, to uh, to a to a match setup, to a finish, to anything. Like uh, he's thinking about all the parts that put it together. Um, 
so so it's an actual decent product in the end um so it's it's that logic and learning from him the logic of, of how he puts things together that really uh taught me something about wrestling and continues to teach me something in everything i do so blake i gotta ask you this question mm-hmm. what was the thing that what was the biggest surprise out of all this um, in this episode for you? What was the biggest surprise when it came to feedback? Was somebody, perhaps it was a word, somebody said, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the biggest surprise for me is hearing Black G's be nice. <laughs> that, that, that was the biggest surprise. Uh, I mean, of course. I'm talking about a good friend of mine in, you know, behind the scenes and everything. But uh, if anybody knows Black G's and the character, you know, you don't you don't really get to hear a uh, more human side of him. So to hear him express what he may have expressed in private or, you know, maybe to somebody else and to hear him uh, put that on camera in a genuine way lets me know that he's really human, you know, and lets me know that, you know, if, if you just cut a little bit into the, the uh, hardcore of black G's, you'll just get uh, a return in Sabian. <laughs> so that's, that's uh for me, that was a, uh, you know, that was the big surprise. And I mean, you know, it, it's, it's just, it gets kind of cool, like when you hear from people. Like we have Chrissy on here, and um, we wanted that. a re- really quick story. When I first got into like indie wrestling, and that uh, Chrissy and Noel Harlow, they were the first two people I saw like really doing presentations of eight by tens, where it wasn't just um, wasn't just gear. You know, it was all types of stuff, whether, you know, whether it was outdoor gear, whether it was swimsuit, whether it was CZW Junior Championships, you know, uh, it was a different presentation of what that was. And, um, you know, it's it was cool to see, like, how much that evolved now and how, you know, it's it's taken to another level now. And, um, you know. Just having people, you know, like Chrissy there. And like I said, Chrissy was one of the, she was another one, one of the first ones that gave me a chance, you know. And, um, you know, I talked about the, the, the other three, too. You know, Mia Yim, Veda Scott, Kimberly. Um, everybody has their different reasons. And um, to have that breakthrough, just, you know, all you need is one shot. I'm sorry. That just that kind of sounded like promotion of something, but I wasn't. I legit was not trying to promote something. But anyway, um, <laughs> promote. You know me. Promote. 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 Yeah. Um, all you need is one shot, as you may have been heard. Uh, AEW theme, you know, uh, of Lee Johnson, performed by myself and Sir Tizzy. One shot. But no, uh, it's uh, it's the truth. If you give, if you're willing to give somebody one shot at something, you don't know what can happen off that one shot. To be, you know, dead serious about things, and these things gave me, you know, Ruckus gave me one shot in wrestling, and that one shot has become 13 years. So anything can happen as long as you're good at it. Chrissy, can you talk about um, the how? I know, one thing I noticed when I first entered the business was how Blake serves as a 
uh, wrestling therapists in those photography rooms. And, you know, you and Yolanda know the infamous room that I wish we would have had more footage of. We mentioned on the last one. Um, but can you just talk about how you watched that evolution of something that really wasn't in his job description but come about? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that infamous room that you're talking about, the Flyer Speed Zone. Um, the positive room was the name for it. It was the positive room. Um, there was, it, it was a great room to be in before your match. You were in there. At least I was in there. After anything I had to do, I would always go back in there because that was like the place to just like unwind, chill, like talk about, you know, a promo that you might have done or a match you had, talk about the good and the bad. And one thing about Blake is like he would be talking to you and he would be setting up for a photo shoot with somebody else. Like he would be doing it all. And it wasn't like he was taking attention away from one thing or something else. It was always like he had all of his focus was on what you were saying or what you were doing. Like he gave everybody his full attention. So I never felt that it was, oh, he's not paying attention. He's not focusing on, you know, maybe this part of the storyline that we need to talk about because he's taking pictures of so-and-so. It was always like a very comfortable room. It was always positive. Um, and that was kind of like where I like to hide. <laughs> so um, there was, you know, always times where it was like, you know, chaos and crazy uh, during that time. And you always know you can go in there and just kind of like decompress, I think is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely agree. I, I can tell you, I certainly learned a lot. And one of the things about Blake, which um, we saw was the seamless transition. Now, He's one of my closest friends. So, of course, I'm going to tell the truth. You know, he's going to be humble about it. But the seamless transition from doing multiple jobs on the show, when you have to take pictures, but also think of a storyline. And what a lot of photographers, I don't even know if there's any photographers just doing that. Certainly, if they are, they're not on his level. And, you know, somebody might call me out. He didn't say that, folks. I said it, not him. Um, but, I see a lot of wrestling photographers, but I don't know none of them who are also booking shows. And that's where we transition into episode five. And I'm going to play this clip right here. Uh, it's one, another one of my because favorites. Now these are abilities that I can put into my art. I mean, if I got to think about it, Blaze like one of my best friends pretty much. He, I can call him anytime. He always picks the phone up. You know, he comes over and hangs out. And when it comes to wrestling, he did a lot for me. I mean, he takes the best pictures you want to see anybody take, period. So if you need a photographer, hit up Blake because he's the best in the business. And don't try to lowball. <laughs> There's a lot of promoters trying to do stupid shit like that. You know who you are. Oh, he's just straightforward. You know, he, he's not like these other promoters like Gubble and, you know, Stutter. Like, oh, well, maybe Blake's just straight, straight to the point, you know? He got his own promotion, his own business. His passion that he talks about, like the Japanese wrestling, the independent wrestling guys, the Eddie Kingston, Loki, you know, people from the CZW roster, from his own product, with the w, WSU product, you know. So he's very passionate. He don't like to fail. He don't like to lose. He's a winner. Uh, that's just all about. You don't want to lose, man. Um, great. So somebody that's the thing. Um, when we look at where it's from, 
two respected legends in the business, Ruckus and Homicide. Um, they're not just handing out endorsements. That's the one thing. Um, and, and I remember when we sat there with Ruckus, uh, and y'all got to watch the whole thing because it's a lot more that he discusses. But you could tell um, he kind of sat there like a proud papa. As somebody Blake mentioned who introduced him to the business, uh, he kind of sat there like, yeah, I told y'all I know what I'm talking about, and he's the man. Um, Blake, y'all have had tons of conversations, tons of arguments, tons of disagreements, but also tons of success. And when you sat there and just listening to him, how did that make you feel? Uh, so, okay, so first, this is episode four. Um, I, th- I but, thought I said for my bad. Sheesh. Yeah, it, it, it's fine. It's fine. We just got to make sure everything's right. Um, yeah, no, I know. For, I know. For that, I remember when we went to his house to record it. And, and for anybody that's ever worked with Ruckus, Ruckus goes by the beat of his own drum. You know, you can be like, hey, we need you to talk about this. And he'll be like, nah, I'm going I'm to do it like this. Um, but to hear what he said, uh, it, it it really does mean a lot to me because there's there's none of this without him. You know, um, I talk about that in a, in a later episode, but uh, he he took the risk all off of a fan coming up to him saying, I want to do blackouts entrance music and him just saying, OK, and then that happening and then everything else happened just off the strength of that. Um, so to hear him say those things and be so passionate, you know, it, it, to me, it did feel like, uh, like a, like a big brother moment. Um, and it was like, you know, you always hear like your big brother say like, Hey, Hey, little brother, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. But it did really feel like he was like, yeah, you know, this is why I chose this person. This is why I took chances on this person. This is why I took time on this person. And this is why this person has been able to do what he does. Cause like you said, we didn't always agree, and I mean, he taught me a lot. And um, the first person to take me backstage, and he—it's <laughs> a lot of things that he said in 2008 that may have not happened till like 2019. But like he, Nostradamus, predicted this stuff. And for the people on here, especially like Yolanda and Christina, that know uh, Ruckus, you know, sometimes he may say something, and you're just like, "Yeah, all right, okay." And then sometimes he says something, and you're like. Well, holy shit, he hit that right on the head, you know. So um, to get that approval was great. And for somebody like Homicide, like I've looked up to Homicide since since, you know, I was a young man, you know, um, and Homicide was one of the easiest people to work with. And for him to like when you went to him, Brian, to get that interview, he was all for it. And for him to just pour out what he said, like, I mean, he's another one at any point if I asked him anything straight rugged raw straight up answer but always respectful so for the hear that to me that's that's like two big trophies that i keep on my you know on my trophy case that nobody's gonna ever be able to take away from me so funny story i want to reveal about that as we're walking to do the interview me homicide and hugh um he's actually getting on students and younger wrestlers about why They need to be one in contact with you, but also the importance of promo pictures. And like when I'm telling you, like he's like, come on, man, get to it right now. Not in a disrespectful way, but that like 
just letting him know how serious he was. And then he looked at us and said, man, I'm just trying to get these guys right. They got one of the best photographers in the business right here. They need to have his photos on their resume. And that's the that's like one of the moments where I understand why um, certain shows, when their guests enter the door, they start recording. I wish we was recording that walk. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that you see, but you know, you okay, we record now. I wish we was recording that walk just to have that segment, or I wish there was cameras around. Mm-hmm. That was a story I know I, I never shared with you, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought that was hilarious. And it just goes to show the amount of respect that it wasn't just okay, cameras on, I gotta say something nice. No, this was uh legit. Yeah, and like with these type of people. These these aren't people you just can get respect from. You got you got to work your ass off for them to get that respect, you know, to earn that respect from them. And I mean, these are two guys where they saw us as day one. Like I had their mentality of like, I'm not playing. I'm not playing like I'm here to do whatever the job is to make whatever we're doing better. And especially for somebody like Homicide, first time I met him, which was early back in RCW, you know, he he saw that and it's always been a good mutual respect with one another. And, um, he'll always, you know, if, if he ever sees this at anything, like I appreciate him more than he probably knows. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, Yolanda, you, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you know, you sit back, this is now we're getting to the backstage roles. You two work close uh together on so many different projects um can you just talk about that experience um perhaps something that you know people won't see in the documentary but you can share about working with Blake especially I'm gonna call it out like it is a lot of times y'all were working together and there was an idiot who just couldn't see the vision <laughs> I'm gonna uh, mute my mom don't lose your mic. <laughs> what they gonna do? Hit me in the mouth? I'm just saying it was an idiot. It was about what six foot two, five hundred pounds of bluff that just couldn't see the vision when y'all had great things planned. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Eddie. I'm the enemy right now. I'm gonna be the enemy of the people. That's so giving infringement. <laughs> You know what's so funny? In my mind, I'm like, who are you talking about? I'm trying to think. I don't remember nobody. Uh, the, the, and then all of a sudden, the, the clues came together. And behold, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. So, <laughs> maybe you should mute your mic. <laughs> so, um, yeah, oh, oh well, that's, that's, that's that person's loss. Um, hey, these was just the views of Brian H. Waters, not anybody else on this podcast <laughs> or any of the co-own, the other co-owner of the wrestling route. Let's just make that clear. It's my view, <laughs> my view only. <laughs> um, Do not take their laughing as a cosign. I'm trying to think. What what uh, well, you might have to help me, but okay. So, uh, now after you say what you say, you must so all right. Let me just this. let me just say this. Um, There's shit I, for me. Yeah, part of the reason when I moved back to Baltimore and Blake was talking, he said, "Hey man, you know." Um, and I think we started talking ideas around June. I'm moving August. It might have been around uh, May or June. He said, "Look, 
um, you know, you come work with me at WSU, you know, we got Yolanda, she does this, you could do this, and this is going to be great. So I'm like, all right, cool. And he just kept saying, all I need is for us to be able to work together and we can have this team and we can really get things going, you know? And so, like I said, before I got there, I know there was some things, but how y'all were able to really like, stick together and i know a lot of times in these situations let's call for what it is if you got two black people working together the best thing to do is divide and conquer but y'all never let that happen yeah so all right <laughs> now you just up the memories um <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we were definitely like let our powers combine we knew what we could bring to the table uh we knew um how much it meant to us and um and how how passionate we was so here's was not in the documentary <laughs> was not in the documentaries the people hating on us trying to fuck our shit up sorry um i'm not going to censor myself with this topic but it, but it's true you um just had people getting on our damn nerves lying making stuff difficult um which which was real trash you know, you had people thinking that we were trying to take their jobs, and me and Blake is like, we don't want your funky ass jobs. Like we we doing what we want to do. Like you know what I mean? This is you know this is this is something that that we and and why can't we be in addition to? Why can't we just work as a team? You know that's that's the whole the whole point of this. You, you know to work together to make it. We have we all have a the same goal, which is to make WSU better. And to make it a uh, a brand and not an afterthought. That was the biggest reason why I, I jumped on. Um, because I was such a fan of WSU since, what, 09, 2010? And, and seeing it become, uh, uh, I don't even say it, it just didn't exist. And a WSU Instagram with CCW stuff on it. Like, what the fuck? So, you know, maybe they couldn't get the, the, the get it done. And when we got here, we, 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 we bulldozed in a sense because nobody was taking initiative or if they was a certain uh, marshmallow man wasn't taking them seriously and so they were hating on us um, so the struggle of, of that us keeping our cool in front of them because you you know we can't allow them to see a sweat even though there was a time where I was ready to find homegirl's house and, and knock the shit out of her face and it yes, took she was it took Blake to calm me down because it was so fucking disrespectful. So that's what, what that's the behind the scenes scenes that 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 wasn't in this documentary. Me ready to go find where the fuck she lives and knock her the fuck out. There you go. Um, really quick, just to add, <laughs> just to add to that. Well, that's going to end up on all the blogs. Yeah, well, look, look, look. I, I blog it up a little bit, a little bit more <laughs> to what she's saying too, like. This was the thing about when it was working with Yolanda and how it's, how it's been even to this day is like, like she said, no offense, we don't care about your job. We worried about trying to make something better. And we were two people, like I had felt like I was finally working with somebody that we knew we were just here to make a product better. And we could have took the easy route and, and threw our name on everything and put our logos. We could have did all of that. All of that, just like everybody else was doing, using and abusing that place. But 
we didn't because we were like, yo, yeah, it's about us, but it's about them. It's about the product being better. People gonna know we put our, you know, je ne sais quoi on it anyway. So we don't need to loudly say it. You know it because it's different. It's better. So you know we got something to do with it, right? And and it sucks because, like I said, depending on how you look at it, you'll get these people that look at it and be like, well, you know, you guys did the right thing, but in wrestling you did the wrong thing because you should have made it about yourself. But it's like, oh, I'm sorry that I was just trying to be a human being. I was trying to be a decent human being like I was brought up to be, but if that's looked at it wrong, then I guess this is why we took that L. But in my opinion, it's still a W because we still have – our brand, our brand is still respected. The people still respect us. And the people that took those routes or the company that didn't want to take that route, they may not be in that position. If that's that, if that's what it is, then you don't got nobody to blame. You can point all you want. Point this person, this person, and this person when you need to be pointing that. Because it was all you. So Chrissy. You uh were a performer, oh, a wrestler, and <laughs> you was a lot of times, you know, trying to help keep things in order, but also trying not to get mad. How did you manage to keep your cool during all of this? And when you see the behind the scenes, um, was there anything that you wish that people really could have seen? <laughs> So how much time do we have on this? Because that's a very, that's a, a very broad, broad question. That's why I asked. That's why I asked because I want you to empty the clip. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, as far as keeping my cool, I mean, there was a lot of times I didn't. I'm going to be honest. There was a lot of times, a lot of frustration, a lot of nights of being stressed out and. I know Blake can attest to that where we were on the phone many of night upset about how something went down or how it should have been like this or been like that. And, you know, the powers that be that were there, they didn't allow. It seemed like almost like they didn't want to allow the success. They wanted it to be successful, but on their terms. Once it started getting too popular and too successful and the control was taken away, it became a problem and it became more stressful. It became, there was more issues. There was more, you know, pushback on things. And it made, I know it made my job harder. And I know that it made Blake's job extremely hard because it was like, well, you want this and you want that, but you don't want to give us the tools or let us do A, B, and C to get to D. You know what I'm saying? So there was a lot, you know, it was, there was a, a lot of great moments. I'm not going to say that there wasn't because there was definitely more good than bad. But when it was bad, it was bad. It, there was a lot of, you know, all right, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to keep going. Like, we got to keep pushing. We got to make this work. And I mean, we did. We made it work. Blake made it work the best that he could. But, you know, Evidently, it, you know, it impacted a lot of things. It impacted his health and, and the stress, you know, took over and things like that. And it became too much. So when you have somebody that doesn't want to be on the same page as you or they don't want to not necessarily like let you take control, but like 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 Blake was saying, like, give me one shot. 
give me one shot to make this work. Like they don't want to allow that because of their egos. Like that's when it becomes like such a toxic environment. So yeah, it was that, it, that was the thing that really sucked. Um, but I will say the beauty of it was seeing all of the women uh, really stick together. And, and Christy, I got to give a lot of credit to you as being one of the locker room leaders and to see how you and, um, and Blake and Yolanda like holding all of that together. Um, we talked about the time when somebody tried to come at Blake sideways. And if you thought that he didn't have backup. You had the whole locker room ready to take that person out. Uh, and, and, and Eddie, I wish you were there. I wish we could have had film, but we was too busy trying to make sure all hell didn't break loose. Um, Eddie, I was but, trying to make sure that I had enough bail money to bail out 13 women for knocking the dude out. Yeah. Uh, and, and this guy was just, I mean, I'm going to call it for what it is. I personally just think he was jealous. Um, guys, a lot of times will see that there's a guy who's cool with all the ladies and think, uh, man, I wish I could be that cool. So then they start making up stuff. They start getting jealous. And he had the respect. And it's granted when you're a creator, a content creator, you don't just okay, this is what you do, cool. No, you do have to earn your respect. When I walked in that locker room, of course, Blake put me over, which I was like, wow, he told everybody, hey, this is Brian, he does videos and he interviewed Brock Lesnar. So he said that to everybody. But if I didn't have that coming in, I wouldn't have had the I, it would have taken me a long time to earn the respect. And I still had to do it myself. Um, but Eddie, you being a student watching this episode, what was some of the things that you see today when you see him behind the scenes? Uh, again, it's, um, it's taking all the little things and making it the one thing, right? Uh, and, and putting those things all together or seeing what's special in that one person's, uh, I don't know, essence being person uh, and, and showing how to magnify that and uh, concentrate it into that character and make it a bigger thing. And, and you see that, or, or at least I did see that every, every Tuesday in the promo class, Blake uh, takes time before and after class to talk to people and, uh, and, and to help them really solidify that character and uh, to pick things, um, whether it be from real life, whether it be from little things that he heard uh, in the original promo or just things he's heard from talking to you and put those into an actual promo and, and to magnify those things and to make, the, make it who you are. Because, you know, you get that, that cliche saying of your character is just uh, you turned up to 11, right? Well, Blake figures out how to turn you to 11. And, and how to concentrate those those important things in your character and make them uh, your character. Uh, and, and that's what I see all the time. And that's that's what I hear talking to him. We, we text uh, every Wednesday about AEW or NXT or whatever and just talk about what's going on. And like, you know, if, if, this, if they would just do this, this would be so much better. Um, and, and that's what he does uh, if, if you're working with him. And now I, I can appreciate it more. Have you had an opportunity to actually sit down next to him and watch a match. 
Um, in the promo class, yes. I've never no, said that watched about, a, a live okay. match with him yet. <laughs> you have, you, that, that will say you'll be in for a treat. <laughs> I look forward to it. Hope, hopefully we can stop quarantining soon. Yeah, Wear a mask, uh, folks. Please. I want to add uh, one more quick thing, too. So, uh, one more quick thing. So, with the whole thing with the guy and everything, uh, him and I did talk. But I just I want to put that on the air. We did talk after he had the walk, nice. like a, a a walk of shame. We talked like men. We talked it out like men. Squashed everything. He told me his reasonings. I told him what I do. Look, you know, when you got to do seven jobs at this company, you know, I'm sorry I can't be out at ringside doing pictures too. But I'm I'm also doing this. But we talk like men. All of that squashed it. Haven't had a problem since. Just want to throw that out there because I'm not bitter about it. But, I mean, you say those type of things about me. This is the type of stuff that happens. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to just say this might get me in trouble. Let's just say before I knew you as well as I did, I tried to throw that warning out there. Mm. Somebody didn't want to believe me. Mm. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, hey, (laughs) you know. It it, it it you know it happens you know look one thing that people need to know about wrestling is you get a lot of warnings uh and it's up to you to take them or see them for yourself and i think everybody has done both decisions and uh it's up to you to accept what happens after that you know and um for that one that i you know didn't see fully yeah you know it is what it is hey look i'm a man i was wrong on that one so what it happens i'm not a hundred you know i I don't i don't bat at a hundred percent but i at least bat at you know 96.7 yeah i'm just saying i don't know if you you i need to know about this 90 40 (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying i I warned i I threw out the warning that uh he has the uh locker rooms the posts of the mm-hmm. locker room in his hands. Uh, let's take a quick break because I want people to hear this. And if Blake, if I get in trouble, Blake will yell at me later. But I'm going to do this anyway because this is my show. And I'm, you know, we talk about giving a shot, just one shot. Well, guess what? Take check this out. Just a sample. Hell yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just one shot. That's all he wants. And I'm gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. I was gonna play a clip from my, the next episode, but I'm not because it's um I want y'all to watch it and I want y'all to really take in one shot. We that's all he wanted, and the story of 2019. Blake, I'm gonna let you take this one. So episode five is the story of 2019. Uh, to me, um, I expressed to people, I think this is the most important episode um, 
it talks about how the ending of 2018 and how all of 2019 happened. Um, at the end of 2018, I lost my home to a uh, fire. Um, then a few weeks after that, I lost my stepdad. And then a few weeks after that, my dog got really, really sick. Um, so it was back to back to back things. Uh, very serious things that you have to deal with um, in a very short amount of time. And uh, this episode talked about a lot of that, you know, dealing with insurance, dealing with not having things, dealing with loss. Um, and we're not just talking about like, oh, I lost my dining room table. You know, you're talking about somebody that's been in your life almost, uh, you know, basically all your life, you know, and all your adult life and everything. And that's no longer there. And finding out, you know, what your worth is on earth, um, you know, and, and, and maybe the insurance don't see that. And basically just having to start over and, um, you like I said, uh, you learned a lot. I and, and the thing is, I learned a lot about a lot of things from a lot of different people because of this episode. Somebody, people I might not have thought I was close with, you know, actually were there, you know. And then there were people that I thought I was close with that weren't, and just small things, man. Like I said, sleeping on dining room chairs um, because you didn't have a sofa anymore, uh, sleeping on floors because you couldn't get a bed until, uh, until basically December of the next year. Um, you know, wa watching your dog struggle and, you know, just dealing with stuff with your family and all of that. Uh, it just felt like everything crumbled at once. And, um, it was a hard time. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll stop at that for right now. Chrissy, you want to add anything? Uh, well, I always tell Blake that this is the hardest episode to watch uh, selfishly because obviously uh, I did not go through it, but I was affected by it because he is my best friend and watching him and hearing him go through that was really hard. Um, it became... Uh, it wasn't about Blake, the photographer, Blake, you know, the teacher, Blake, you know, the promoter and the booker. It was Blake, the friend. Uh, and I think that it kind of made our friendship stronger. Not that it wasn't, but I just think that um, we got stronger during that time. Um, and we both needed each other for different reasons. Uh, so not that it was a good thing that that stuff happened, but it definitely strengthened our friendship. Uh, but it was a definitely rewatching that and remembering like, you know, when he called me and told me that there was a fire and, you know, and, and hearing all the stuff about his stepfather and, and things like that, it just brought back so many, uh, painful memories. And I always commend him on how strong he was during the whole thing and how he just kept going. I just, you know, kept telling him, you just, you just got to keep going, you know, and what well, doesn't seem fair. And it, it does, you know, you always say, why me, why me, why is this happening to me? 
uh, you always try to do the right thing and, and stuff still happens. It's like, that's life. Like, you know, you, you can't give up and you just got to keep moving and you got to keep focusing on your goals and you can't give up and, and, and things like that. So, uh, Flick always makes fun of me. Cause I tell him, like I told him before, I was like, we got to talk about episode five because episode <clears throat> five is so emotional. But I guess I, I understand why it's so important to his story. Uh, so I just, I'm glad that uh, I was there for him during that hard, you know, that hard part of his life. Amanda? Uh, I really just want to say ditto because... <laughs> I selfishly don't want to talk about this myself. <laughs> um, yeah, Blake, uh, Blake knows it took me a, a a minute to watch it after it was uh, uploaded and uh, able for everybody else to see. Um, it's God, what, were we all going through something? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Eddie. No, hold on. Hold on. Before, 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 oh, sorry. Before before we go to Eddie, I, I want to say something real quick. Um, so there was only there was a couple people that I talked to, like as these things were happening. And you gotta remember, this is early in the morning. This is like four or five o'clock in the morning for both both instances that happened. And um, when the stuff was happening with my stepdad, uh, I was on the phone with Yolanda. Um, as yeah. as I was getting updates, and when I got the last update of like, hey, we need to we need you to come to the hospital because this might be a goodbye. Yeah. And uh, that that was hard, but being on this phone with somebody, it was still extremely hard, but it, that was a lot and. Even like with everything in that episode, um, I like even to this day. Let me tell. Let me tell everybody something real quick. I, I'm still not over this. I'm still going through this. I've been going through pain since 2018. There's no recovery. There's never been a chance for recovery. And I've talked to people that are in very, very great positions of their life, and I've heard them complain about stupid shit. You know, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can get a PlayStation 5 and an Xbox. I don't know if I can get two pairs of Jordans. I don't know. I don't understand why I don't have a match on TV. But the key word is you're still on TV and you're complaining. You're complaining when every day I still haven't recovered. All the times that people have helped. And, and, and I'm still trying to get a part of a dream and you're still thinking life's not fair because you can't get two pairs of Jordans. Life's not fair because you got to stretch out food. That's what I got to do. I got to stretch out food. I got to figure out how to buy things while getting dog my dog's special food every week. You know, like, so don't tell me life's not fair. Be blessed with these blessings you have. Just like I'm blessed that there's still a roof over my head and I'm still, yeah, it's a struggle and yeah, everything is hard and, 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 and yeah, it's hard to accomplish the dreams that I want to do, but at least I'm still going for it. 
without those two pairs of Jordans. So be blessed that you're in a position that you're in because like that, your whole life can change. But I just wanted to say that before Eddie said his motion. Yeah, exa exactly. Like um, when, when all this was happening and this, this probably not even something I've necessarily uh, conveyed or said to Blake, like as soon as I started MCW, like literally a week later, I had some, some like really heavy shit happen in my life. I won't go into it because this isn't about me. Uh, but just seeing the determination uh, and the resolve that Blake had to get through it and still put in the work and uh, still fight for his dream uh, caused me to keep doing what I was doing. Like, uh, otherwise, it would have been like one week and oh shit, my life is uh, my life is spiraling. I need to get I need to take a pause instead of following the stream. But uh, he had all these things happening at once. Um, and just talking to him and becoming friends with him helped me stay on the path that I'm on now. And if it wasn't for that, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. Because mm -hmm. that, that's that's a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it was definitely a tough episode, and obviously, uh, for me and Tizzy. It would never be as tough as what Blake went through. And the reason why I bring him up because he was he played a very key role in this one. Um filming the tales from Blizz, talking about it. So when he filmed it, he had to go back and kind of discuss like where he was, but it was still wouldn't compare, you know, for him most of the interviews have been done to tell the truth most of the interviews have been done by the time this had happened uh but one thing i will say is that um i remember the call and you know and then i remember well i should say the text message and then the text message that january and it was it was so painful but you know because i knew what he was going through and it's always when you have close friends and you see them hurting, like Chrissy said, it hurts. But I remember thinking when the first call happened, I said, you just wrote another chapter in your story. And for me, I knew from a personal standpoint, my thing was I wasn't going to let him give up on this project. Not that I thought he would by any means, but I was like, if it was going to be here, it was going to go here because I knew that. And 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 I, I have to commend you, uh, Blake, for opening yourself up to be vulnerable for this episode. It's a lot of stuff. A lot of times people won't even do that. We talk a lot about mental health, and I don't mean to be disrespectful because um, my sister's a mental health specialist, but a lot of times people do talk about it like it's a fad. Oh, you need to get a therapist. You need to do this. You need to do that. They talk about it like it's a fad, but it's real. It sucks that 20 years ago, um, uh, Eddie, I think you're younger than me. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I think you're younger than me. Um, I'm pretty old. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty old. I'm, I'm about 37. 37? Almost, oh, man. Okay, well, I guess you're not. But uh, <laughs> so I, I will say that it sucks that for people that when we were in our teens, 
mental health didn't have this much focus. Getting a therapist, getting somebody to talk to. Because if we would have said, hey, I'm not feeling well, oh, I'll just suck it up. That would have always been the thing. So to see Blake come out here in this story, and, and I'm going to just put it like this. Um, for the folks who don't know, he did the rundown. So I personally think from a documentary standpoint, he placed it perfectly with episode five. Like, take you on the high. I got you. Now, let me reveal myself before I finish this. Let me show you something. And let me let you know that you may want to give up, but you can't. Don't give up. Your shot is coming. Your one shot is coming. Um, also to add to that too, because uh, we talked about this before it started. Um, you know, uh, Christina is a huge uh, Disney fan, and uh, I cannot believe I'm about to say this on a live presentation. But for the first time, that mouse named Mickey was the one that really helped me smile because. Uh, as we talk about the episode, Christina uh, got married and she asked me to be her male of honor and it took place in Disney. So, you know, she let that evil mouse use his good to put the smile back on my face that I felt like I'd lost for the last two years. I was say you should po- you should post the picture of you actually taking a photo with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> so what? That exists? You know, I need to see this. Place it directly yeah, this... after this comment. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, people, this, this, yeah, this is a true picture. It's, it, who, is it, who is it? It's me, Fuente, Leva, Mickey, Minnie. Is, is Steph, Steph's, uh, Mia's in it too, right? I, I think, think so, yeah. I've, I'll have to go look. But they, oh, unfortunately, that picture does exist. You know, well, print it out. It away. <laughs> <laughs> I was, hey, look, I was beside Minnie. You know, Minnie was was the one I was locked arms with. <laughs> I you believe know. it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> but that does exist. You know. Well, let's go into the story of teaching, and here's a clip from. That episode uh, from, you know, one of his students. Oh, I get to see your analytics. Oh.
You love building from the ground up. Why is that, sir? Well, before I say anything, uh, I just have to talk about, you know, that that was the first Eddie I met, you know, with the with the nice masculine beard. You know, I've seen it. It's funny. Since we've been friends, I've seen like three or four different versions of facial hair at Eddie. Uh, there's been clean shaven. There's been the uh, the Triple H. Uh, there's been this, and there was that full masculine beard with the leather jacket. That was when, that's when I used to look at it and was like, yeah, this is the Negan of the crew, you know? Um, but, uh, building, man, like, that, look, first thing I want to say about this teaching thing is, um, and I've said it to my close friends, if it wasn't for Greg Excellent talking like, yo, maybe you should go to the school and, and talk about teaching. If it wasn't for teaching, I don't even know if I would have still been able to do this business. I really don't. Um, teaching at that school with the students and having just a real place to really do teaching, because I've done seminars and stuff before, but that really brought back the feeling of what made you love wrestling. And for me, that was something that clicked with me that was like, oh my gosh, may maybe this is that wrinkle that you've been looking for that you know, another thing to add that you really may be good at because, you know, you've been doing wrestling consulting all these years anyway, and now you actually can help with Nat, you know, um, Nat is the, the teacher at the promo school. I mean, at the MCW school that does promos, um, you really have an outlet to teach from the ground up and people like uh, Eddie and and like Angel Avalado and Kala Kay and, you know, um, so many of them. You know, Big Mike, man, I miss those students, man. I I, I miss our class, man. I really do. And I love that passion of teaching and, and building, helping building these guys and these girls, you know, to, to reach these levels and let them know that, like, you got to play some wrestling. Eddie, I got to ask you this question. <laughs> the first day you meet him, what's your first instinct was? What the hell do he know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um... I was very quiet my, when I first walked in there. Like, I wasn't sure, like, uh, what I was doing, to okay. be honest. You know, being, being a 30-something-year-old man walking into a wrestling school uh, and going, yeah, let's take some bumps. Let's figure this thing out. Let's, <laughs> let's do this, I guess. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that uh, I still had some sort of uh, passion fire driving me that wanted to do something. Uh, I'd, I'd been at a wrestling school... Uh, half a life ago when I was like 18 and in a backyard in Tennessee, my parents said, Hey, uh, yeah, no, go to college. So I didn't, I didn't really get to do it, but I kept feeling that, that burning, that desire to, to be something more than some, I don't know, uh, office shill that's doing his communications work and typing for the rest of his life. I, I didn't want to be that. So I came there and I did all that and I had some stuff going on in my life and all that. And I thought I was going to stop. But uh, again, talking to Blake uh, and you knew he knew what he was talking about because it all made sense logically. And there's a lot of people in wrestling. Uh, and I, I knew this beforehand, but you really know this once you're you're around the people and you see the kind of behind the scenes stuff uh, that are just full of it, completely full of it. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just saying stuff to say stuff to hear themselves talk. Uh, Blake says it, and then he says, this is why it is the right way to do things. 
So, uh, so when somebody sit, sits with you and talks with you like that, and they, they come from a logical standpoint, and they don't just uh, come out of left field, uh, just just to be in an echo chamber, you know, uh, me as a logical person, that that's really what knocked it, uh, put two and two together for me, and and started my friendship and mentorship with Blake. I think, like, uh, otherwise, I, again, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, Chrissy. What was your thoughts when you first heard that Blake was going to teach at MCW? <laughs> uh, I knew it would be very beneficial for the students there uh, based on my time working with Blake on a professional level. Uh, I learned so much. I learned about how little things, like I was saying with photography, the same thing with with promos and storylines and booking, there's just little things that you don't think of that he will see uh, that can change, you know, the direction of something or, or how it plays out. And you might not see it that way, but he sees it that way. And when I heard that he was teaching the kids at, at MCW, I was uh, really happy for him. And I was really happy for them because like I said, they could definitely benefit from his knowledge. Um, I didn't have a lot of that coming up uh, when I was training and going to the wrestling school. They didn't focus a lot on promos and character work and things like that. It was kind of like, all right, we're going to teach you a flip bump. All right, we're going to teach you this. All right, we're going to teach you that. Like It was more of the physical aspect. And while Blake was never a professional wrestler where he – he would get in the ring with you and teach you moves like that. He would teach you so much, so many other things that would help you develop your character. Yolanda, you know, you sat there with him. You watch while y'all were working together. You watch him pitch ideas, reshape ideas. Um, one of the things that I've heard a lot of wrestlers say somebody who consumes a lot of wrestling documentaries is that they always teach you the in-ring stuff but what about like the finishing part and finishing school when you watch this what were some of the things that stuck out um well first i i feel some type of way that you didn't ask me what did i think <laughs> Uh, when I heard you, well, I figured you would ask that to answer that. Too. Um, <laughs> you, you robbed me of my initial reaction, <laughs> which was boo, don't let him in. You should have followed the phone. call me. She's like, um, <laughs> no, as I watch. <laughs> <laughs> so as I watched this and um so I took notes, even though I should I, I actually do notice my home. Um so hopefully I'll I'll mess this up throughout me laughing. Yeah, man. So the the funny thing is when it comes to this pro wrestling world, um all they care okay, not to say it's bad, but you know, some care about wrestling. That's not I was gonna say they all do, but that's not true. Some do, and the rest care about their likes. But a lot of them don't think the character development is important. Very important. And so that's something that me and Blake share uh, a passion about. Um, and I love that how much um, his students uh, talked about that. And uh, I love that he brought that up. 
um, about uh, his steps of, of character development, the presentation. Um, and oh, I got chicken scratch. But um, so the, the cool thing about uh, Blake, when he figures all this out, he has a way of learning your persona better than you. And you don't real well, I don't want to say you as well. The, the wrestlers don't or students don't realize that this is their teachable moment. And he's kind of guiding you uh, comfortably uh, into figuring out your character, uh, your brand, your, your, your brand DNA. So that's something um, that I thought was very important that was discussed and um, shared. And I hope a lot of people pick that up um, because that's something that I'm very passionate about. I know Blake was Oh no. yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say no. That's one hundred percent. It just made me think of something that, like, what Eddie would say too, because I, I would remember in class, like, Eddie could cut a phenomenal fun, uh, promo. It would always just be. It, I, I would like the wordplay and the pace and all that, but then it, it was sometimes it would always not turn into the same promo, but a lot of the same stuff would come out of it, even if it was re. You know, even if it was just like kind of reworded and um, picking up on the intelligence and what he was bringing in, there would be small things like, well, I'm going to challenge him on purpose, you know, but I'm going to do it in a nice way. But I'm going to make sure to challenge him because if I don't challenge him or, if, you know, if me and Nat don't say we're going to challenge him, he's going to just get stuck in doing this, you know, so we would purposely switch it up on him on purpose make it as uncomfortable as possible until it got comfortable for him and now once it's comfortable for him boom he has another wrinkle and then with somebody like eddie he was one of the students that saw it wasn't something being done in like a cynical way and he picked up right away of like holy crap this challenge is going to make me better let me make sure to do it the right way you know and like it's shit like like uh yolanda christina was saying even eddie said like i think sometimes a lot of people don't pick up on that and a lot of people um like when you asked eddie the the first thing you thought like you know what (laughs) what does this guy know a lot of people do look at it like well he's not a wrestler so he's not gonna know anything and it's like bruh i didn't put a lot of time into this you know and a lot of your favorites that's on tv you know in some kind of way I, i may have helped so just because I might not have taken, you know, that suplex or just because you can do a pretty 450 splash don't mean that your character is not as bland as mayonnaise. And, <laughs> you know, you, you can't just be this and this, you know, and like that's the teachable things that you got to teach in order to really push on what you want in your career. Hey, I heard an idiot wrestler say that one time. What does he know? Um, somebody I wasn't mm-hmm. a fan of. I mean, but you know, I vividly remember that day at WSU. Of course, he didn't say it to your face. Uh, because I don't think he was supposed to even be there or trying to give direction, but that's another story for another day, mm-hmm. folks. Um Damn, I wish I was there for that. Was I there? You no, was, I, th- I thought I you was at the that. show. I don't know if you might not have been. Yeah, you might not have been there yet. Yeah. You know, oh, that's you used to just, yeah, you know, you used to just have to make this elaborate entrance, and, and it's like, yes, finally the party yeah, can start. Uh, is glitter, <laughs> glitters falling from the sky, and roses. Hey, they're like, oh, here comes Yolanda two hours later. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but uh, one of the things um I could say from a production standpoint, uh one is so that a lot of these uh teaching moments happen during the week <laughs> because mm-hmm. I can say that I have fun at the one um where the clip you saw I have fun watching him. Now after long days of work, it's like man, I just want to go home. But that was kind of like a boost, and um I, I was you know, just from, like I said, from my personal uh, reflection, just a little bit disappointed because I wanted to get one of my mentees there as well because she was excited when I first told her about this project and told her, you know, who Blake was and the amount of time he had put into the business. Uh, but one of the things that I did appreciate was just when I watch him teach students, I'm always soaking up knowledge. And I remember, and, and this is the thing, that a lot of people don't understand is that he will help anybody. There was a group one time that he was helping. And then I was like, I was just sitting there listening. And then one time in the car ride, cause we had a gazillion of those. I said, Hey, well, don't you think, what do you think if somebody did such and such? He said, man, Brian, before you know it, you're going to have your own little group in a circle and you're going to be telling them, Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? What I'm getting at is, there was never a selfish point where he would say, no, they're all going to come to me. His motto when we first met that long, also grateful ride to Arundel Mills and back on a night (laughs) on a night that the Orioles didn't uh, have made their first playoff game in years. But the sacrifices that we made for the night before show, he told me <laughs> the best part about independent wrestling isn't who you meet, isn't putting the story together, isn't taking your pictures. It's about seeing your kids fly. If I can give them a canvas, allow them to express their art, and they move on, and go and do bigger, better things. I'm happy. My issue is that a lot of those kids that flew seem to forget where they got the wings from, seem to forget where they got the ideas from, seem to forget where the promo pictures that may have been a centerfold in a magazine or in another country or in the PWIs or other companies, they seem to forget. Who took the picture? Who gave them the idea? You know, if I had preaching music, it being a Sunday, I, I would insert the music because I see Sister Yolanda waving a hand and I see Sister Chrissy getting a laugh on. I'm not saying that he, people should turn around and kiss his behind. I'm not saying wow. people should turn around and say, Blake, here's a million dollars. But what I am saying and what I mean is you always remember who helped you along the way. Blake knows if I see something of his interest. Hey, man, check this out. Hey, man, look at this. Here's an opportunity. How many times I tag you on Twitter? <laughs> uh, too People many. Don't realize. <laughs> Shut up. Over just for one second, right? I have currently 7,972 followers, right? And the reason why I stand up and put myself over, put myself over, put 
other people. There are people who he's helped that has tripled that amount, that has close to half a million followers, and a simple at I-T-S-B-L-I-Z. And if for those who do not know, because I'm producing and editing this show, I'm going to put it on your screen. I'm going to put it on your screen. It's right there. Look at that crawl. You can go on Twitter and Instagram. Capital I-T-S-B-L-I-Z. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you mention him after you watch the show. Make sure you let him know. It's just that simple, folks. Always remember who helped you along the way. Never forget, because as Blake always say, the top of the mountain by yourself is lonely. Why not bring everybody else up? Y'all go ahead and hit the collection plate. Just go ahead and uh, watch. Dedicated. Hard work. Dedicated to hard work. Oh, my goodness gracious. Hey, Uh, I'm not a preacher. Music behind that. Oh, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, man. Don't make me play. I got to freeze. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Look, I I, I wanted uh, to say something to that is um, look, uh, to keep it real on my end, too. You know, like, I'm not a clout chaser, you know, like if I ask you for something, especially like for this documentary, right? All I've asked people for is feedback, feedback or advice, advice for something that, you know, a person that is not a wrestler, what what advice would you have? You know, because all the times I gave you advice, I'm just asking for the advice in return of what you have. If I'm asking you that, it's not because of your clout. It's because of one of three reasons. Either I thought we were friends, um, either I thought we had a really good working relationship, or I respect your opinion, or all of the above, right? So it's four different things. I don't need your clout. All I'm asking for is feedback and advice, you know? And, the, you know, it, it's like, it gets sad for me because all I want to do is help everybody. You know, and I'm not trying to make a pity party or nothing. You know, I, I just want to help everybody. I want everybody to win. I want everybody to be successful in what they're in. And when I hear you say that thing, those things, Brian, and, and I think about all of that, it's, yeah, it, it stings. It stings a lot. And that's what makes me more grateful for the people that actually take time and, you know, say things like, hey, I appreciate this or, Hey, you think I can help you with this or whatever it is. Hey, I'm glad we're great friends. All that. Even everybody on this panel, you know, you know, Eddie has watched every episode. Chrissy has watched every episode. Yolanda has watched every episode, you know? So it's like, Brian, you did this whole thing. You know, it's like anybody can even just take, you know, 20 minutes to watch one episode is good, you know, because there's been plenty of times where I've reached out to people and they're like, oh, I just haven't had time. And then in that same conversation, they were like, I've been scrolling on Twitter in this rabbit hole for 30 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, 20 minutes is a documentary, you know, and, and you're featured in it. 
So, you know, but I, you know, like we I said, go to the bathroom. Exactly. You know, and, and I look at things and I just said, look, you know, I'm, I do all this for my family. I do this to give my family a better life. And like I said, I've been still struggling since 2018. I just want a better life. I want to do what I love. And for me, when I hear from people like Eddie and my students and my friends and all that, especially more my students, when I can show them that it's not just talk and inspire them, that means the world to me. You know, and that's all I want to do is inspire. Final thoughts. Let's start with Eddie. I mean, uh, look at, looking at that uh, video that you played a few minutes ago, you know, what happened to me? I'm a, I was a pretty good looking guy, first of all. I, so um, real quick, mm -hmm. I had to like look a couple of times. I was like, wait, because obviously when there's E.W. Jenkins, I'm like, all right, let me just make sure. Because, <laughs> you know, this is the first time we met, you know, so I'm just like, let me just make sure I don't want to have the wrong student. Sir, this quarantine is just it's it's been a lot. Like, uh, I don't think I've left. I really haven't left my uh, apartment in like seven months. So, you know, it's 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 weathered me. My, my beard just fell off. I didn't even shave it. Here I am. Now. <laughs> it's, it's, been a, it's been a rough time. Uh, but but just seeing that clip really, and especially the end of it there where where it pans out, you can see Blake uh, in his environment uh, teaching. And, you, you, you know, I see Cassius and some of the other guys just sitting there in the, the room. They just it's it's killing me. I want to be back there. I want to be learning. I want to be moving forward. And, you know, uh, talking to Blake uh, almost every day, um, there's other ways to move forward. And there's other ways to, to work on your craft while all this stuff is going on. Uh, and, and he's proved that during this whole situation. It's not been good, um, but he's also taken moments to continue teaching through all this. And uh, I'm going to continue learning and continue to, to figure out how to make this thing happen for myself and to, to achieve a dream. Uh, so I'm, I'm keep my ears open, uh, keep my eyes open on tests and uh, just make sure I keep pushing forward because uh, I know he's, he's not going to, he's not going to be, um, he's not going to relent. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. he's going to keep, keep pushing that knowledge and he's going to keep the fire lit under me. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Chrissy. Um, well, uh, I was really honored to be part of the documentary. Uh, my hair has changed since then, <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. uh, it was a lot of fun to actually uh, talk about all the good that Blake has done over the years, not just for me, but for everybody, um, especially during our time at WSU, where he gave me a chance when nobody else would. And I just have so much respect for him. And I'm so grateful that he gave me the opportunities he did because he didn't have to. And he didn't give me those opportunities because we were friends. He gave it to me because he really believed in me and believed I could uh, portray a character that he had in his mind and a storyline and, and portray it the way that he saw it. Uh, so I'm very grateful for that opportunity, and I was just—I'm just grateful to be his friend and be part of his journey. Amen. Um, look, before you get to Yolanda too, I just want to say this real quick. Uh, Christina, I would like for you to tell uh, Tope, I apologize for not crediting him for being a part of this documentary because he was a part of it in two episodes, and I did not have him listed. So. <laughs> Let Tope the dog know 
that that was my mistake. I mean, I I I did notice that, but mm. I wasn't gonna say anything. So let him know because I know he was feeling a little hot about it. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, I messed up. I messed up royally. <laughs> I owe this for Yolanda. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! So hey, go ahead, uh, Sister Yolanda. I'm excited. <laughs> First of all, I hope Tope sues you for all the made up food that you eat. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, this is great! I think I hear is that presidential music? What am I yep. hearing? <laughs> <laughs> I said I owed it to you. <laughs> oh man, this is even more beautiful. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> um, I do I do know um they, I believe it was Saul who, who said that you're such a <laughs> I want to change the whole flow of this. Um then he said he said that that you, you basically cultivate actors. Um and that, that that stuck with me uh, because I, I think you already know my mindset about uh, the trajectory of all of this. And a lot of people, I feel like, take uh, Blake for granted um, and think they, that uh, he's going to be in this position uh, so they can selfishly have them to themselves for quite some time. Um, they're not going to be satisfied uh, uh, until... Uh, Warner Brothers or you know Fox Studios or Tyler Perry pick him up because the skills that he that he does for wrestlers um, definitely translate to actors. You, you know what I mean? So I'm <laughs> ah, I get on bunk and I say it. I'm on that type of time where I'm like, yo, wrestling, you don't want to love us, you don't want to love Blake. I tell him all the time. It may be time to move on. Or or get or or just give give wrestling crumbs. <laughs> and 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 do bigger and, and brighter things. You know? And then when you want his services, it ain't gonna be on a on a favor. You're gonna have to ante up. You're gonna have to empty the pocket. So that is my final word because that's what I want. I want him to be in that position where you got to sign a contract. It's just <laughs> what did you say that was, uh, earlier today, Blake? Pay me millions just to smile. What was this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You gonna have to pay me, boy. Yep. <laughs> I, I told I told Yolanda it's all fun and games till I pop up on Tyler Perry's House of Pain. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, this was uh great, you know. Um episode six, like I said, we got to see him. Well, the world got to see him as a teacher, and you really got to see that people value his opinion. He's not getting called into one of the premier independent wrestling organizations in the state of Maryland because he liked wrestling. 
you know um and that conversation didn't that actually started that was years in the making but i know like i said for me um one of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk about but i'll say that uh i'm happy is that he allowed me to achieve a dream and that was calling a match at wsu and even more incredible calling one of my favorite superstars who just happens to be on this panel um that being chrissy in the match um but getting that opportunity to be able to do something that i dreamed of that doesn't happen for me without blake and you know so i know i'm appreciative and just appreciative of just being able to learn a business that i love so much and i just like yolanda said man give him his bag throw the bag at him uh it's coming I i'm speaking into existence uh yeah you know we joke i had the preacher voice on i'm not a preacher it wasn't blasphemy it's it's a preacher voice is a man-made thing folks not <laughs> it's not something that you're you can only do the voice if you're called biggie did it but it was it's, it's man-made so it wasn't blasphemy at all but um you know i just want the world to really respect his gangster and respect um the work that he's done because it's countless hours and guess what he's still working if y'all only saw there was pages of content of things that he does just to make sure that the people he care about which are the wrestlers the art the entertainers the managers everybody who steps foot in that ring and if they're part of a show he's booking or if they step in front of his lens he cares because guess what if he finds out that you are a pedophile or somebody that is um a part of the speaking out movement and you're somebody that's um disrespecting women you don't get in front of his lens you don't get on his booking sheet and that's all i got to say about that Blake, you take us home um I will take it home with this. Uh, there's one episode left that just came out today. It is the finale. Uh, it's funny. Another one of my close friends, Lord Diaz, said it was the season finale. Uh, I said it was the series finale. He said he doesn't want to hear that. It's the season finale, uh, which is episode seven. Um, that goes. Uh, that is about just me all around as the person inside and outside of wrestling. Um, please check that out. Check out the whole entire thing. Um, with all of that said, everybody on this panel, they all are very special to me. Um, without any of these people and, and only a select few more, uh, I, I wouldn't be doing this still. Um, I just I really don't think I would have. And uh, with that said, uh, I want to give like a special shout out. And, and please, anybody, if I don't say your name, like don't like take offense. But like I thought he was know. about to hand out checks. And I'm about to send a donation to each one of your PayPal's yeah. and cash yeah. apps. Well, well, <laughs> get only dream, right? Guess what? You can't hand out checks if you broke. So. Well, Yolanda just <laughs> Yolanda just prophesized Warner well, Brothers. Well, hey, when when they do that, then we can talk, you know. But I, I do want to uh, I want to give a special shout out to uh, one person really quick, and uh, that's Faye Jackson. I want to give a special shout out to Faye because uh, 
I, I can't really get into why, but she's one of the real ones right now. Um, where she has that vision of making sure to look out for everybody, and it ain't always about her. So, Faye, I want to give you a special shout out, and um, you know, but like I said, episode seven's out now. Uh, I really appreciate everybody on this. Um, it, it's great, you know, and I would like to take this time for anybody else to promote anything they would like to promote real quick. Uh, you can follow me on uh, It's Blizz or on Instagram and Twitter. And um, I'm just trying to accomplish a dream and buy Lee Johnson's uh, buy Lee Johnson's new AEW theme um, on Bandcamp right now. So buy it. Buy it. Listen to it. Support it. So shout out to Sir Tizzy. Yolanda? Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on all the social media uh, gimmick 247, 247, gimmick with 1M, because it looks better that way. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters and the Instagram. If you happen to find me on uh, Facebook, uh, you can you can friend me. It might take me a minute to to friend you, you back. Uh, you go to my website at gimmick247.com if you would like a uh, gear design. Um, if you do want to gear design, please go through that way. So go to my email because if you try to holler at me on social media, uh, that might take forever too. So there you go. There is no mites. It will take forever. Yeah, that's true. I'll add on a website. Uh, <laughs> all right, Christina. Uh, I don't have anything to promote, but you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at, at hello underscore Chrissy. Oh, that was quick and to the point. All right, <laughs> Eddie. For angry political commentary and wrestling commentary, follow me at, on the, all the majors of social media at Jumping the Shark. Um, and hopefully managing some wrestler soon when, you know, the world isn't a complete shit show. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and don't forget to also follow us on our podcast. Why don't you promote that, Eddie? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Blue, Blue Bar Cage uh, podcast I've been doing for uh, several years with some friends of mine. You can follow us at Blue Bard Cage. Uh, Blake and I have been doing a MCW Spotlight series. We've highlighted um, MCW Tag Team Champions uh, <laughs> Rush Hour, and we have a new episode coming out hopefully this next week with Gia Scott, the Women's Champion. That's that's a really good episode. Like if you don't know about Gia Scott, you need to learn about her. She's she's going to be a real one too. Mm-hmm. And as Brian would tell you, I am co-signing what Eddie said. The Blake Diamond in the Rough, Gia Scott. If you don't know her, you better know her soon because she's going to take over when you give her that one shot. Amen. Go ahead, Brian. All right, folks, you already know. Follow me at Brian H. Waters and subscribe to the Wrestling Realm on all social media platforms as well as Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. This week, I got Reggie Calhoun Jr. on, and I also just dropped an episode on Ice Cube. If you should be or should he be canceled, is it fair to cancel him? Not going to let you know what I said on there. You got to listen to it for yourself. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Interesting. <laughs> I've got feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, right. on that note, folks, you heard where you can find uh, um, it's jumping the shark, correct? Yes, sir. So make sure y'all subscribe so y'all can 
Hear the feelings. Until <laughs> 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 next time, folks. <laughs> Brian H. Water signing off. So long, everybody. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week's episode of Wrestling for the Culture. For more episodes or more content from the Wrestling Realm Network, hit the subscribe button down low. Make sure you turn on the bell for notifications. Till the next time, too sweet.